we've gone through a number of transitions the past couple of years, and so a, a lot of our staff, particularly our ministerial staff, are, are new and uh, new to our church and our culture, um, but they just did an awesome job. Um, and their heart reflects what this message is about, what the All In series is about, a desire to serve God. A desire to recognize how significantly our lives have been changed. When we make that decision to trust in Jesus and let him come into our lives and let him begin that life-changing process that he wants to work in our lives, taking us from old creation that was flawed and filled full of error and filled full of disappointment, um, had lost hope, and making us that new creation that's filled full of all the hope imaginable in any and every set of circumstances. That life-changing process makes an opportunity for us to serve God in the fullness of his grace, demonstrating his love, um, and knowing that for the most part we do it without compensation and, or without adequate compensation. We do it because we love God. Because Jesus has made such a significant impact on our lives. And I, I think it's interesting in 1 Corinthians 15, it's a great chapter of the Bible. I would encourage you, if you've not read it recently, this afternoon when you go home, take the time to read the entire chapter. Because Paul lays out for the Corinthians, this is what's most important. This is how that important issue changes, touches, and transforms our lives. The most important issue, he said, is the message of hope that's found in Jesus, what we commonly call the gospel, uh, that word meaning good news, that hope in the message of Christ, that Jesus came in the very first part of 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus came and died for our sins while we were still sinners, Romans says. Christ died for us, provided the remedy for our sin, provided the cure for the disease of our sin, provided the hope for the hopelessness of a sinful life. Jesus died for our sins, he says. He was buried according to the scriptures, and he was raised on the third day. He was resurrected, brought back to full life as son of God and son of man, and that resurrection was witnessed by a multitude of people, and Paul lays out a lot of those people, including hundreds of people that saw Jesus after his resurrection. And that little simple message on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is what gives us hope. Our trust in that allows God to begin working in our hearts and transforming us. And then Josh read it for you earlier in the service. He comes to the conclusion in the last part of that chapter after talking about how we're changed and we're going to shed these physical, weak, ill bodies for a perfect body in eternity. And he comes to a conclusion. I'm just going to read it again, even though Josh already read it for us. He talks about how this body is corruptible but will be clothed with incorruptibility. And this mortal body, which means it's limited in its time will be clothed with immortality. And when this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, 
Where death is your sting? And then the one that many of us have heard, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's the amazing part to me, particularly as a a pastor and teacher. His conclusion, after talking about the life-transforming touch of Jesus, after talking about the security of knowing when you've placed your faith in Jesus, you face an eternity, you face heaven, you dwell with God forever in his place. Imperfection, every imperfection of this life no longer apart, but in pure perfection. Paul's conclusion of these great truths is that we serve. Verse 58, which is kind of the target, the main thing we're looking at this morning. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, Be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I don't know why it surprises me, but I find it interesting that talking about such majestic and such huge eternal thoughts like Jesus' resurrection and the power and the victory that resurrection gives I mean, if, if we did come to the end, it's actually okay with us. It doesn't mean we won't grieve. It's okay because we will continue to live. We have already embraced immortality. Immortality is already ours. I don't need to do anything to try to capture that. It's all right, and I think it's a good idea to eat healthy and to to do the things necessary. I think that's good. We've done everything we possibly could do to avoid the virus. Twice it's tagged us, one more worse than the other time. Not because we're afraid of dying, but because we want to live. Because we already know as believers in Christ, we continue living. And Paul says, because of this, Because of these great truths, serve. Serve with all your heart. Find a place to belong. Find a place to be a part. And find a place to engage in what's happening. But I love the way he describes the engagement in verse 58. In the the very first statement, he says, therefore, brothers and sisters. It is a collective engagement. You might be called by God to serve in a place that is isolated for a period of time. But ultimately, all of us serve together. We're we're in this as a team. We're in this as a family. We're in this as a collective group of people engaged in the service God wants us to do. It's a powerful thing to recognize that, to see that. I am not alone. You know, if I go down, people are praying. If I'm involved in a project, people are praying, people are supporting, people are willing. We have this hope. We have this because we are together. That's why we come to church. Every once in a while, somebody will say, well, why go to church? It's because of collective engagement. There is no other dynamic quite like the people of God gathering to worship him and get inspired and encouraged and ready to engage this week. 
It is, our service is a reliable engagement. He says to be steadfast. You can translate this a number of ways. Stand firm, purposeful, hold your ground. It's, it's reliable engagement. We, we have people in our church, and it's not just us, it's true of every church, that have served not just through this year, but have served for decades. We have, um, and I don't know if she's with us today, we have a lady who has played piano for our church for well over six, almost seven decades. And she was been here since the day her birth. Her parents literally lived across the street and brought her to church the week after she was born. She's still here. She hasn't changed out anything or done anything. It's reliable service. She leads in one of our Bible study classes. She, she helps. If she is in the room, there's a good possibility you met her because she works this room like nobody else does to make sure you feel welcomed every Sunday. She's at a place where you would think and you would probably even encourage her, you should rest. But she has no desire to rest because it's reliable service. And it's across the board. We have, whether it's children's workers or student workers or whether it's Bible study directors or whether it's staff teams, it's dependable. You can trust this kind of service. The motives are pure because of what Jesus has done. He describes it as not only reliable, but consistent. He says this, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, steadfast, immovable, literally incapable of being moved. Be strong. Let nothing move you. The strength of the church is found in Christ. Christ is that solid rock that never falters, never wavers, never weakens. But we, the church, we stand on that rock. We are a piece of that rock. And that's why in every generation there is an attempt to marginalize the church. And in places of history, there have been times when it was more significant than other times. And we're in one of those periods of history. But the church is still here. And I don't care how much they try to marginalize or cancel the church, the church will stand because this church was never built upon human principles. This church is the bride of Jesus Christ, and he neither abuses nor neglects nor abandons his bride. He is always with us, all the time. It's a dynamic engagement, always excelling in the, the war, Lord's work, committing yourself fully to the Lord's, Lord's work, being busy, devoting yourselves. I like one translation that says, abundant, abundantly active. <clears throat> it is a dynamic engagement. It's exciting to serve God. It's, it's, it's about what we do for him. It's about what we do for the people that we come in contact with, but we're the beneficiaries. You can ask anybody who's ever been a part of a major ministry project. project. When we have that opportunity to serve, and when that service is done, there is a sense of fulfillment that changes our lives. It's, it's a great thing. And again, it doesn't matter where you serve. Some places may seem a little more glamorous and, and a little more vi- visible than other places, but the contentment comes in every venue of service. 
Which is why, quite honestly, my favorite phrase out of this verse is the last one where he emphasizes this service is worthwhile because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Never thrown away, cannot be lost. It's not futile. How many things that we do on a regular basis that feel so futile? I mean, even like simple chores. My wife and I, even though we've been married as long as we have, we have a agreement on one chore in particular. And it's making bed. Now, from her perspective, and I don't know why because no one's invited into that room, but from her perspective, you are not a proper person if you don't make your bed first thing in the morning. To me, it seems completely futile. Because when I walk out of my house to head up here to the office, I know in about 12 to 13 hours, maybe 14 depending on which game I'm watching, I'm crawling right back into it. I'm going to take all the pretty pillows off and lay them aside. I'm going to pull the covers back. If I was single, I would never make up a bed again. (laughs) Now, I thank God that I'm not single, and so when she's in town and I have that responsibility, I make up the bed. But it seems like a futile activity to me. I've got a section that, that I, my daughter and I replanted last year in our yard. And um, it's been a battle this year between the A's and jasmine, the ground cover, and the grass that wants to grow in there. Is there any activity more futile than pulling weeds? <laughs> they come back. And they come back faster and thicker. Yeah, I know I'm probably not doing it the right way because what I would love to do is just take like a blowtorch or something to it and just burn it to the ground. It feels like a wasted activity. We've all been a part of stuff like that. But not ministry, not serving God. Everything we do is worthwhile. We gave out Bibles this morning. That sets a precedent for those kids The truth is, as first graders, they're probably not going to have a significant crisis this year that drives them to want to understand God's perspective. By the time they hit middle school, they're going to need to have memorized verses. By the time you hit high school, they're going to want to study their Bible every single day. By the time you get married, the scripture is going to be the foundation of your household. By the time you have kids, you will desperately be reading it. Our service is worthwhile, not because it makes us exempt from problems or difficulties, but because it has an eternal impact. You may have done nothing more than give an offering this morning that helped purchase those seven Bibles, but you touched somebody's life. You smiled at somebody, you said hello to somebody this morning that needed to hear it. Everything we do for Jesus matters. Everything. I love the way Paul says, this is what Christ has done for us in such a magnificent way. Now, let's do everything we can to honor his name with the activities of our lives.